Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, the podcast where we go through every single thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we're starting a new series. What if the animated series going through the multiverse? And we have a squad with us today. Oh, wait a minute. By the way, speaking of squad, um, if you wanted to check our Patreon account, MC University Pod, uh, we did do a review of the Suicide Squad. So if you would like to check us out uh, there, you can join us there. But obviously, we're here to talk what if. And we have a tremendous panel with us today. So let's introduce them. First of all, we have the super producer, Jake Christie, is in the house. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, excited to have a new show on the horizon, a new show to talk about. Have Speaking to you guys every week, you know, I missed it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to this. Two, uh, the Rome dog is still in Las Vegas at Summer League. More like Bummer want... League. I wish he was here. <laughs> I just want to say, if you do miss the Rome dog and you want to get your fill of him on the audios, he was on the Athletic NBA show earlier this week with Andrew Schlecht and Kelly Eco talking about the Summer League and the Toronto Raptors and all of the rookies and sophomores uh, you know, competing at Summer League. So if you want to hear Jerome Chang, you can hear him there on the Athletic NBA Show, wherever you get podcasts. Shout out to you, Rome Dog. We'll see you next week. And to the rest of our panel, uh, first, she's taking everybody's content, man. She's taking everything. And we're glad to have her back on the show today, uh, the multi-talented comic book writer, content creator, Stephanie Williams is in the house. Stephanie, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be back for another Marvel thing because, you know, we've been getting spoiled. No, yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. And um, yeah, we got my homie, my teammate from uh, Murphy's Multiverse, where we do the writing and all the all the nerd stuff over there. Uh, Dalbin Osorio is back once again. Dalbin, how are you, my friend? I am so hyped to be back. And I just want to say that I have officially morphed from the last time I was here into a Stephanie Williams stan. Steph, shout out to you for all the wins and all the dope stuff. I, I retweet all your stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm fanboying right now, but I'm super pumped to be on with you. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Let's do it, guys. Yay. That is wonderful. <laughs> that is absolutely wonderful. So let's just get into it. What if episode one, Captain Carter... Head writer A.C. Bradley, director Brian Andrews, producer Brad Winderbaum. And I, before we get into the actual episode, because I feel like we don't have to necessarily dive into the plot in depth, because there's a lot of first Avenger adjacent vibes coming from it. I did want to get the comic book experts here, both, both Steph and Dal Bean's thoughts on just what if the comic and the concept of this series and what uh, you imagine it being like, and then, you know, juxtaposed to that, the uh, initial thoughts on the first episode. Uh, Stephanie, I will start with you. Um, I like it. Uh, once I finally realized that they were going to use the series as a thing to kind of show like all of the multiverses that are now existing since Loki, I was like, okay, I'm really down with this. But I also would have been okay if they would have treated, treated it like they do the comics, which in a way is kind of similar. Um, it's just different characters that we haven't seen yet um, in the Marvel universe. Um, so, or, you know, just a very, a, a lot of different characters. But for this, you know, you can see that they're kind of sticking to like who they've introduced in the MCU. So 
I mean, to be honest, it's a never didn't have it moment for them where like they have this comic book property and they just so happen to set it up that the multiverse now exists. So they get to do this cool thing and pretty much follow the same structure as the comics. Yeah, it's it. It's what I found um, thinking about it and some of the stuff that I've read in the past and thinking about this first episode is kind of just and not only animation wise, but just. I thought story-wise, I thought it was very clean. It, it felt it felt it felt good to kind of jump back into something different, and then at the same time, not it be all jumbled up. and And I I do love the fact that they got to the point, and I think that was the most important thing. Uh, Dal Bean, how about you? Like in terms of not only your comic book research and and just the idea of juxtaposing that that uh, aspect of things with the series. Uh, introduction itself so i loved it for its simplicity right uh the first avenger is one of my favorite marvel movies um i i reminds me very much of the rocketeer right which you know we know the parallels right um and this took a very you know a very simple premise of a guy who wanted to help his country and in its simplicity flipped it into Marvel has done a really nice job. And I thought they did this in Black Widow by absolutely nerfing Josh Whedon's sexist portrayal of Black Widow, right? And 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 kind of flipping that. And then now with this, where you know they try to put Peggy Carter in the in the viewing room and she's like, no, nah, I'm good here. That's the one change. It's that now nah, I'm good here. Right. And so this uh, you know, and to juxtapose that with what's going on with Disney. <laughs> And Scarlett Johansson is kind of fascinating, but um, I, I loved it for its simplicity. I, I think I think Agent Carter is one of Marvel's best TV shows. So to see yes. more more Peggy Atwell, I'm all for that. Um, to see more of the Howling Commandos, I'm all for that, right? And I love. I'll tell you this, man. I've had I have a notepad uh, of questions that I had after Endgame, right? And we'll dive into this further, but I did not expect for the first episode because it was so simple to, I think, answer one of the questions I had about Endgame and specifically about the end. And so I, I'm i with Steph. I kind of went in there thinking when they first announced it, like, oh, it's just going to be random stories. There's going to be no connection to the multiverse. And yet here we are, man. Like, it's the full multiverse. This is a different, this is a different timeline entirely, right? Because of this one mm-hmm. change. And I'm curious to see how they stick the landing over the next eight, eight episodes. Before I move to Jake on this, uh, what what answer did you receive? So one of the things that's been racking my brain since the end of Endgame is who did Cap go to to get Sam a new shield? Right? It's been racking my brain. It's been racking my brain because you didn't have enough. You had enough pin particles to come back. You did not have enough to go somewhere to go get mm-hmm. you know a vibranium shield like you didn't and and right. at that point in the 50s the wakandans don't know who you are they have no reason to trust you right so right. i'm of the belief that that steve that's at the end of endgame isn't our steve i'm of the and it's oh. and especially now in seeing that it's the skinny steve right like again no serum who's aged because remember this the super soldier serum doesn't allow you to age I now believe that the Steve that shows up at the end of Endgame is the Steve from Captain Carter's timeline. I don't believe that it's the regular. That Steve. is interesting. Yeah. So and and I didn't I expect to, to have up. that. I didn't expect that to pique my interest in the first episode. I was like, oh, it's fine. It's going to be pretty straightforward. But then I was like, 
that makes sense because he's an older Steve. And if it was regular Steve, super cap Steve, he wouldn't have aged. He wouldn't have aged at all. He would have looked the same. Good point. I, Steph, yeah, you, you had something? No, I just want to back that up because that was something that really bothered me at the end of the game. Because I'm like, okay. Me too. Sure. Uh, he's still young or whatever because he was frozen in ice. But when I was thinking of Isaiah Bradley, he doesn't, he hasn't aged that much. So why would right. Steve age? So when that happened, I was like, okay, well, my guess is that it is officially a different Steve Rogers. So that was, come on. I'll go, I'll get I'm, pi- I'm picking up what you're putting down, Dalbina. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely am. Oh, we, we're going to revisit this at the, some point. Uh, Jake, it, I know you're not the biggest animation guy, so this is a this is a little bit of a different uh, scenario for you. Yeah. I'm, so how did you? I, yeah. How I did you I, receive this? I definitely. I don't watch a lot of animation, um, almost at all. To so people, certain people in the Discord chagrin. But um, I'm not like opposed to it as a thing, especially if it's characters I already care about. Um, it's just personally, I just have an e- a much easier time connecting to people when I see fate. It, I don't know, which is the way I've always been. But anyway, um, I really enjoyed this. And the thing I think that you mentioned both of you about it, and this is what I was hesitant about, where it's like, okay, this is just going to be like a side thing to hold the plate, hold down the fort. It's going to be some side stories. I don't know if it's going to be that important. But the thing I think Marvel knows, and it's 100% true, is that they're the reason why they are they print money like they do is because people feel like they need to see everything and that's why they there is marvel is will not release anything major that is not canon in some way or like it related to the canon because that just means you don't have to watch it and i think that by basically making it that they can tell side stories that are obviously not in the same literal timeline as the show, as like the main story takes place, but are still essential to may, might actually be essential to understanding something in the future. I think is like a brilliant way of taking this very fun comic and making a show out of it. Because I think that the I've talked about this before. I think the the pressure on TV and movies to have a like a tight canon is much more than like comics because there's only one group of actors to play all these characters in tv and movies there's only like one main storyline etc whereas with comics like spider-man's been going on for how many years people accept that are a bunch of different iterations so like i don't think that you could play as fast and loose with canon in movies and tv as you can in comics but they gotta they can have their cake and eat it too they can have this thing where some of these stories could be have never intersect with canon at all but it also is like some of them, like this one, almost certainly will at some point make an appearance. And so I thought it was just really, really cool that they're doing that. And I thought that the way that the storytelling felt like, it felt like, and I think this is intentional, because in theory, all these stories are being told by the watcher, right? And so the way that it like moved the pace of it felt like the pace of someone telling a story about someone because it cut out anything. It was just the highlights, you know, if there's nothing, no, no meat, uh, no fat on the meat or whatever, no fat on the bone, whatever. Um, and so I thought it was like, cause it's like, you know, the story of the first Avenger, you know, this general thing. And so let's just tell you what would happen if it was uh, Peggy who got in the, uh, you know, the thing instead. And so I felt like it was really breezy and streamlined and it felt like it felt both like an entertaining show, but, and also it does still kind of feel like a thought exercise in a fun way, like in a way where it's like, Oh, you you never lose that wonder. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's funny that you mentioned that as a thought exercise, because I feel like this first episode was designed exactly as 
hey, we're just trying out this new thing. Just going to, you know, put our toe in the water a little bit. And then the next couple weeks, we're going to do some crazy stuff because the next two episodes um, are going to be very interesting to dissect. But in terms of this first one, I think it, it just just thinking about the plot overall and and what they tried to establish. And I think um, I've made this point before during the Disney Plus series. It feels like the one thing that they've definitely succeeded at for the most part is getting characters over. Uh, using the wrestling term, putting them over and making them mean something. Uh, in this particular case, Captain Carter. Um, this episode shows her at the at the peak of her powers, not only in terms of strength, but intelligence. More, most importantly, leadership. Those types of things that you will see in the future when, I mean, at this point, everybody kind of knows that she's probably going to show up in live action Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, along with a lot of uh, these characters in this show. Mm -hmm. And I think just establishing her as that was the most important thing. And they did that in spades. And that was fun to see. And of course, Haley Atwell is great um, just generally. And uh, Dalbin made the point about Agent Carter. If there was ever a recommendation that I would make for Marvel TV, and I normally don't, Agent Carter is the one show I would watch. That was very enjoyable over its uh, two season run. I was thinking so, that if anyone wants to confirm whether or not she's going to be at playing um, Agent Carter, Captain Carter in live action, just like if I'm not actually saying this, this is a joke, but follow her around London and see if, if she eats nothing but lean protein, like 700 calories of 7,000 calories of lean protein a day, then she's going to be in it. Cause like you can just tell, like I can't even imagine. I kind of feel when I saw it, I'm like, oh no, she's gonna be in live action. Her life's gotta be miserable right now. <laughs> like she just <laughs> fucking, she's like a trained like theater actress who's on the rock regimen. <laughs> also, yeah, and she's not only you know assuming that she is in the in the Doctor Strange movie. She's not only doing that; she's doing Mission Impossible Seven at the same time. So it's like she's she's running around at the moment. So she's got a lot of stuff on her plate. But you know, in terms of getting back to but the all episode, lean protein, all lean protein on her plate. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to the episode um there were a couple of changes um initially at the start i thought was fun and obviously uh dalby mentions the 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 part where she decides to stay on the front lines before steve is supposed to get the super soldier serum um it was unfortunate that uh that tommy lee jones's character God, they, they showed it so quick. You barely saw him for like five five seconds, but he got off to, right at the beginning of this. So Tommy like, Lane oh, Jones God. didn't want to be in the live action movie, so there's no way. I mean, can we just talk? I really am kind of disappointed that it wasn't Chris Evans. I just want to say that right off the bat, um, especially because of how many people they got to come back. It's like they didn't need Neil yeah. McDonough to come back, and they got him, but Chris Evans couldn't have done him a solid. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's interesting. We'll also get to the voice acting in a second because that was kind of, that was one of the things that I did have, not necessarily like a crazy issue, but just like there was a little Some bit of Some people were giving more effort than others, I'll say. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to get into that shortly. But um, yeah, just a couple of, I mentioned Chester Phillips. Um, obviously, Peg and Be Peggy becomes captain and, and then disappears at the end, um, fighting whatever that monster was. Um, I, I see I see Dalvin on, uh, on mute say Shuma Garath and um, I, I am interested if that actually was Shuma Garath. Um, let's actually spend a little time on that real quick. Steph, 
uh, just uh, just asking you, who do you think that monster was Shuma Garath, or do you think that monster was just uh, something else that we may have not seen yet in Marvel? You know, at this point, because they actually did do what we were supposed to assume they would do with Loki, I think that it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? And also, but then again, maybe not, because there are a bunch of Gleek Glops in the Marvel Universe, so <laughs> it could have been literally anything, but like that's what I thought. So That's the pull quote, by the way. Uh, there are a bunch of Gleek Glops in the Marvel Universe. Published comic book author Stephanie Williams. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's great. That is true, though. Like, it really is. As someone on the outside, the amount of, like, nebulous blob like every character in marvel there's like every like monster there's like five that look exactly the same to me so it really could be anything. right and and dal bean i'll, I'll yeah. throw it to you as far as the shuma garat thing what 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 uh caught your eye as far as that was concerned i mean i think that there's been all this talk about who the villain of you know, Doctor Strange and the multiverse of cameos is going to be, right? And really and, cool. it's, it, and AC, you and I have talked about like, listen, it's probably going to be Wanda, right? Wanda's off a rocker. It's yeah. probably going to be Wanda. But with the inclusion of America Chavez, yes. it stands to reason that good old SG, the Lord of Chaos, <laughs> is going to try to find somebody to, to help traverse the multiverse through. And right. so again, I think it's all lining up. I think the other part too, man, is that you know, and we'll get to the full ending at the end, right? But like, when we look at Loki, right? Loki got, you know, he he got away from that 2012 timeline with the Tesseract and did not get pruned, right? He did not yeah. go back. So that's a branch that kind of just went off on its own. At the end of this, at the end, at the end of this first episode, we see, you know, Captain Carter after she, you know, pushes good old SG back into the multiverse, back into this portal. We see her land in front of a Nick Fury and a Hawkeye that look very, very familiar to the Nick Fury and the Hawkeye from Avengers 1 in the original timeline. And so for me, I have so many questions because if it's Shuma that's coming to wreak havoc for Doctor Strange, you need somebody that's beaten this octopus, right? And that's Agent Carter. She is the one that's beaten, that's beaten him, beaten it, right? And so with America Chavez rumored to appear, with Wanda potentially trying to go through the multiverse to find her kids, right? Like there's just so many things that are being layered that I keep coming back to the fact and we talked about this during Loki and we talked about this during Falcon and Winter Soldier. The audacity of Marvel to sit here and be like, yeah, we're going to put this octopus on animation TV. Like, and you're right. There's so many other octopuses they could have chose, but they pick, you know, a fairly obscure one. And they're like, we're going to make, we're going to get the characters over. We're going to get them over. We're going to make you care about this, right? Because we shouldn't care about this octopus, but we do because we know that it's going to connect to America Chavez and we know it's going to make life difficult for Dr. Strange and we know that it's going to do all these things. And now we have an abundance of possibilities. But I, there's no doubt in my mind that it was Shuma. Marvel does nothing by accident. Nothing is an accident. Everything means something. Um, and I, I, I can't wait to see it in live action because, you know, when you, when you talk about Loki, we mm-hmm. saw, you know, Elias in live action, right? And we've yeah. seen we've seen other studios butcher, you know, these monsters, right? Like you, they make Galactus into a cloud, right? Like oh, Galactus God. is a cloud in Fantastic Four. Um, <laughs> you know, but Marvel's showing them how it's done both in live action and Loki and in animation now. So I'm really excited. Also, no, 
put yeah, a gun right. to any film nerd's head and say who what director would you trust to do the design of like a monstrous octopus from a different dimension same Raimi, like literally not just out of marvel yes. directors if any yeah. director in the whole world like legit would say oh yeah same Raimi would do that well um like he already did a great doctor octopus but no also i think yeah. the great thing too though Gabine, about what you said is that you said all these things about how we know this America Chavez stuff, and that's why it's exciting. But the great thing is, I don't know any of that shit, and I saw that now. And then if it shows back up in Doctor Strange, it'd be like, oh shit, that was that thing from What If? Yes, that's exactly that's exactly uh, it. Jake, you're spot together. on. No, that's just, and and I think that that's the exciting part, right? Like, I think that there's something exciting about like you know, like for I'll give you an example, right? So Steph joined us a, cu a couple a couple months ago, right? She rocked out with us and, and she 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 had an interview and she didn't tell us what it was, right? But we got excited, right? And then boom, we see her drop it on Twitter. And we're like, wait, we know what that means. This is the equivalent of that. This is the equivalent of that. It's being able to see. That's what it is, Steph. Like it, it's that because you know what it is? Like, I know for me, man, like I, I, I've been a nerd for over 30 years, right? Like, so seeing this stuff, I'm like, yo, Shout that's crazy that Marvel is trying to stick the landing on the stuff that like I grew up on that nobody cared about. Like nobody cared about Super Garath when I was seven. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what's kind of funny too? Even if it wasn't planned, right? Like even if they right. were like, no, let's do like an octopus thing. And there, the universe is so vast. You could be like, oh yeah, we never didn't have that. And that's the thing that they really have going for them. Um, not saying that DC couldn't do that either, but like they've been doing this so long. They know that people are going to pay attention to little stuff. They just, they, I don't know, they, they, they haven't made. Like they, it always looks like it was planned. And I'm pretty sure a lot of it is, but I don't know. Some of the stuff I'm just like, no, I think y'all just got lucky. No, you I just, think it's just so much. I've said this before. I think that people overstate how much stuff is planned. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. I think that that's actually just good writing. Good writing is where you leave yourself a bunch of different things you could always come back yes. to. And so, whereas this, if I take a guess, just because they, because it's Hydra and also is the metaphor of Hydra cutting off the head. Like, I think that they probably thought it out really well. But the, what, what, the mark of a, if you build out your story world, particularly if it's based on a previous subject, if you build it out completely, you will always have access to all those things to make it seem like it was planned because everything already existed, you know? Like you, if you if it just is natural to the story, it's like, oh yeah, we mentioned offhandedly this detail and that could come back five films later and it'll always look like it was planned. And what people don't realize is in with that detail that comes back five films later, there are two details around it that never do, but that doesn't matter because life is like, not everything always comes back. So I think that just, peppering your your world with specific details always lets it seem like everything was done on purpose because you can you never have to make up anything out of whole cloth when you want something new to happen because it's already existed well right. and to that point i to that point before before you go to the next the next point is it's it's similar to iron man 3 right shane black shane black butchered the mandarin <laughs> like he butchered the mm. mandarin right mm. and all it took was Marvel, like, cause Marvel also like, I, cause I agree with Steph. I think, I think a lot of it is luck, right? Like if the, if the response to Shane Black butchering the Mandarin wasn't as bad as it was, that would have been the Mandarin, but Marvel pivoted and now we get the real Mandarin, right? Mm -hmm. So like, again, some of it is luck and some of it is them being willing to say, you know what? We are going to pivot. Look at Abomination. Abomination has been gone since the original, since the first Hulk. Now he's in Shang-Chi, right? So it's things like that, that like, they seem willing, like to to to, to Jake's point, you don't box yourself in story-wise. You don't box yourself in story-wise. And that gives you the opportunity to say, okay, we messed up here. Let's go this way. Or, oh, this could pay off. Let's go that way. And like Jake said, maybe two or three things don't pay off, right? Maybe two of them don't pay off. 
but some of them will. And that's, yeah. I think that's the, stuff that the, we, the that example I always go back to is the fact that Don Glover plays Aaron Davis in Spider-Man Homecoming. And it's like, everyone's like, oh my God, that means the Prowler's coming. It's like, no, it doesn't. It just means that at any time in the next like decade and decade or two, they have an A-list star who they can just be like, hey, we're, we, I guarantee they have a comment on a contract if they need him. Like, hey, we already introduced you as a supervillain in 2017. Come back. You know what I mean? Like they, they can do, that's what happens if you have yeah. a fully realized world. You can always do that. Yeah. And so just to get off that, and I feel like we'll revisit some of this stuff a little bit later, but um, I did want to kind of analyze what I thought was probably the weakest part of the 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 first episode to this point. And I mentioned it earlier, the the voice acting. And I know Jake mentioned some people putting in more effort than others. Uh, who do you think, Jake, was the most uh, specific culprit of this? I think Dominic Cooper. The fact that it didn't, the fact you didn't hear interference was weird because it did, definitely was phoned in. Like you, I mean, you definitely it was definitely through a cell tower. I mean, <laughs> that man just put no effort on having an accent at all. And I like Dominic Cooper as an actor a lot. And I think that is kind of problem of, I think that in the same way that we didn't know how serious this series was beforehand, I think that that probably is the problem with this, where it's like, inevitably you're getting people who haven't done played a character in years. It's like, hey, do you mind just like going to a local studio? Like, number Cooper probably popped into like a small recording mm-hmm. booth somewhere in like Kensington and just lay down a couple lines. And so I don't, I'm not mad at him so much, but it's just like, come on, man. Because some people really were giving it a performance and some people were not. Yeah, uh, I have to say personally myself, I thought Sebastian Stan was not good in this. Oh, I also agree. He's not. Very flat. Very flat. I, 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 It's just some of the lines is just like, huh, my man was just chilling getting that check, boy. That's really what it was. He was getting that money off. Uh, uh, Dalvin, do you have a do you have a specific culprit either besides that, or do you want to elaborate on what me and Jake said so far? Nah, man, it was Bucky. It was Bucky, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. Bucky. Bucky, <laughs> Bucky, Bucky. You got to remember too, right? Sebastian Stan was signed for nine appearances, right? When when right. he was first signed for for First Avengers, so this was probably one of them. He's like, listen, man, you're not giving me extra money. This is what you're gonna get. He was the worst one. I th- I thought. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I thought Haley Atwell brought it, right? I thought yes. she, I thought she mm-hmm. did. but you can tell, I think to, to, to Jake's point, because Jake's saying you could tell, you know, you're here static. Like, I don't know if you guys remember when they dropped when when they dropped the confessions remix with Shine and he called from jail. That's what Dominic was <laughs> <people said. laughs> That's what he like, Memory God. unlocked. Wow. Um, damn. Yeah. A, that <laughs> I don't even know how to follow up next to that. That's yeah, agreed. <laughs> we can move on to the next thing. <laughs> I will say All I just right. want to shout out the producers for, you know, I, I just know this. And there's yeah. a good friend of the show, Michael Springthorpe, is gonna be like, I thought this exactly too. That they brought in one of Jake's guys. They brought in my guy Bradley Whitford. He's one of my dudes. Big fan of him, clearly because they couldn't get uh, Chester Phillips, Tom Lee Jones back. And rather than try to get someone to do an impression of him, they made a new character, which I think was a good idea because that would have been really great you know. idea. Um, and I think that yes. Bradley Whitford, while he played the character in television history, I probably like the most in Josh Lyman on the West Wing. He also is elite at playing a middle management dickhead. Like, just truly, like, because oh. some of his lines are so dumb. Like, the a woman's place is not here. Like, that's dumb, but, like, he just sells it so well. Like, he just Such is, like, an asshole. and and it, I just, it, he's just so convincing as, like, he is no one's 
boss's boss. He's never been a boss's boss in his life, but he's, he can be one person's boss. Like, uh, you know, and, and also there's nothing more good than to watch him get, even in animation to watch him get emasculated is always enjoyable. <laughs> like it just, it's his oh, superpower yes. as an actor. It's like, he's made a whole career on just the protagonist of movies, making him look like an idiot and man, yeah. great stuff. Uh, yeah, he was tremendous. What I could not stand him. And that is a testament to that performance. I could not stand him at all. And I sat there at the end of the episode and I was like, yo, there was a lot of good things in that episode. And he was one of them for sure. Because that whole like, oh, you can't even be in the room. You might break a nail. Like stuff like that is just like them little lines and just the detail. And you could tell he was give he was given a nice it's, effort. There. It's dumb. It's so like legitimately the lines on paper, I'd be like, this is too much. Like this is like a skit of like sexism yes. in the workplace. But he just I think so what makes a good actor in film and television, I really think is so much of like just especially in stuff like this, it's just selling stuff that's not great writing. And like that is, I think, the mark of a good actor is it's just like, yeah, this isn't good, but fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I do, I do also want to highlight um, the, the action in this this first episode because I thought Peggy was just kicking ass um, from pillar to post, from start to finish. Um, really, not really being matched by anybody. We didn't even get to see her go up against the Red Skull. The Red Skull was out here getting crushed uh right as soon as uh shuma garath question mark uh showed up steph in terms of the action um that we saw in this in this episode what were your thoughts on it did you enjoy it any any uh other notes you want to add i loved it and it's why i wish uh you know marvel will lean more into this you know animation they, you know they have their animated shows but i mean the ones that they're going to put on disney plus any new characters that they introduce, like lean into that animation because um, it was beautiful. Um, there was a lot of action. Um, I had to think, I'm like, man, like was Steve moving like that when he was Captain America? And I'm pretty sure he was, but it definitely made me think like, I'm not really sure. Cause like, she is really fucking them up. Um, yes. I thought the suit thing was really cool. Um, I love that um, when she was like riding um, the Hydra Stumper, uh, in the air and like taking out the planes and also she was killing people terribly. Yes. They throwing died in really the bad deaths. Exploding yes. cars and yes. throwing motorcycles. She like, did the grenade in the tank thing, which is almost always a bad guy move. And that's how you know right. she was serious. And no, and like <laughs> I I love that moment. So I mean again like Marvel, please for certain characters, just go ahead and lean this into animation. Like it's all right. Oh yeah. And, and and that's the thing that when when it comes to Cap, like we've seen Cap in the live action films, he's getting it taken to him at times. He's always getting beat. Let me tell you, Peggy was whooping ass and she was not getting anything from these people. This is like it's like a squash match in wrestling. Like, you know, when Goldberg had that streak and it was just just going on and on and not losing. That's what Peggy Carter was in, in this episode. But real quick question. Yes. I don't know if it was me not remembering. Um, so like when Steve became um, Cap or whatever, they immediately put him on tour to sell bonds. Is that right? Like, did he have yeah. any time to train? Yep. No, he okay, didn't so, no, he, yeah, yeah. So there, that's, I mean, that is another. So I thought of that. I'm like, yeah, she's been punching these bags and you saw all those plates in the wall. So she had clearly been training for a little bit to hone those skills. I knew, so, I knew. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you got to remember too, like she's 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 an MI6 agent, you know what I mean? So like so like she she was it, right? Like and and I yeah. Steph, I'm with you. Like seeing her just wash these these Nazis, right? I was like, man, that's dope. I would have loved to see that in live action because I think it would have looked really badass. Because she was doing things that you they she was doing things, and again, keep in mind this happening in the 40s, right? That Black Widow's doing 70 years later, right? Like, even when she drops the grenade in the tank, similar to what Black Widow does when she's fighting crossbones, like she's doing a lot of this stuff, throwing the shield, catching it. She's way better. Like, if anything, she resembles the cap from Winter Soldier, right? Like the, the Jason yeah. Bourne cap. But you're talking about she was doing that 70 years before. I thought that was so dope. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jake, do you have anything to add on, on the action portion of, of the show? I thought it was really cool. And I, I actually liked that she was much more profi- proficient than Steve. Because not only did she train, she was, yeah, she was an MI6 agent. She was like, all right, she had skills in the field. Whereas Steve was just literally a kid who got in fights and lost all the time. And that's, that's not to say that he wasn't obviously really strong, but it's like you're giving the super soldier serum to someone who is a train, who has experience in the field fighting people. And so um, I thought it just made sense. And it was just it was super kinetic in a way, and it takes advantage of the animation. You know, I think so much of um, when you do use a new form, you use it in ways that you can't normally, and it felt very cinematic um, and very, yeah, like I said, kinetic. It never felt. Um, it, it kept me engaged the entire time, um, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was definitely one of the high points of the episode. Yeah, and yeah, overall, it, overall was a really good episode. I thought the 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 um parallel endings of the original first avenger and this one where steve is the one you know looking sad <laughs> as peggy disappears as opposed to the opposite um that happens in first avenger i thought was cool obviously like dalby mentioned earlier seeing fury and clint at, at the end uh kind of sets up something very interesting going forward because just to kind of give a little preview so next next week is the T'Challa Star-Lord episode. But I, for this story specifically in episode one, I want to look ahead to episode three, which is based off of Fury's Big Week, um, which was a tie-in comic before the first Avengers where Fury is recruiting the team. Now, in this instance, the story is that Fury is about to recruit the team and somebody starts taking them out. So I, I, I'm just curious as to how that um, will look. Is that another multiverse story? Is it somehow connected to, to what uh, Captain Carter's doing? That's going to be very interesting because this is all leading to a different type of Avengers team. Uh, or should, I should call them Guardians of the Multiverse, uh, which is, the, I think, the title of the, the final episode. So that, that aspect is going to be interesting going forward. Dal Bean as the as the one who just like me likes to look ahead and kind of map things out and, and put it all together. What are you looking out for? Not only in a story like that, but just in terms of the rest of the series, is there anything in particular that, that you're, you're looking out for? Yeah. I mean, I think if I had to pinpoint who would have the most to gain from taking out the Avengers before Fury can recruit them, I'd, I'd have to say Kang, right? Like, because again, he's probably seen the Avengers rise up and defeat him at some point. And he's like, listen, like, we can't let that happen. And mm-hmm. now with no he who remains to keep him in check, right? Like, that would make sense. I think that <clears throat> when we talk about what we're headed towards, right? 
and AC, you and I have talked about this before. We believe that we're headed towards Secret Wars, right? And for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, Secret Wars is a the multiversal war where teams upon teams upon teams upon teams of Avengers are fighting each other, right? And I think it would not surprise me if, if I had to put money on it, Captain Carter is going to be leading one of those teams, one of the teams of Avengers, right? And then you're going to have Sam, you know, AKA, you know, Sam Wilson Obama after his Iowa speech in the middle of downtown mm-hmm. Manhattan, uh, leading another group of Avengers. And then you have the young Avengers, right? And just is going to, it's going to be a lot, right? It's going to be a lot of these teams, but I'm, I think the biggest thing is, and we've talked about this before. I don't think Sylvie, and even watching this, I kept thinking back, if Sylvie knew this was what was going to happen, would she have stabbed Kang in the chest? Because I think, right. Because I think, I think she, I think she has now opened up this can of worms to the destruction of all of these different worlds. Right. Like, and, and what if answers all these questions that I think a lot of us had, right? Like, how are you going to, how are you going to explain that the X-Men were gone during the civil rights era? Well, this is how you explain them. They were in a different world. They weren't on our earth. They were in a different world. That's how you explain that. Uh, where have been the, where does the fantastic four have been all this time? Well, they've been in the quantum realm, right? Where time moves a little slow. Who else has been in the quantum realm? A version of Kang, right? So like, there's a lot of these things that I think this show in particular is going to connect to not just leading into Secret Wars, but also what's coming after. Because I I think you can tell that Marvel, the very interesting part about this is that this is the first time that, and it's what George Lucas tried to do with having the animated world match up with the movie Rome dog. <laughs> um, so trying to trying to match the animated world with the with the movie world, right? With Star Wars, right? The Clone Wars cartoon and all that stuff. Marvel's trying to do that, I think, on a bigger scale. And so for me, I'm I'm excited to see what comes after Secret Wars because I think some of this is going to pay off not just in the next three years, but also five, six years down the line. Now, Dalbin, just to go back quick before I introduce yeah. Rome Dog, uh, yeah. you said something. I've not I didn't really grow up with black sitcoms. I didn't know the X-Men were in a different world. <laughs> Jake, I love I I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That is a dad joke if I've ever heard one, and as a father, I can appreciate it so much. <laughs> All right, let's oh, let's man. let Drome 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 is here. He's joined us via his phone. Yeah, Free what's Jerome. up? Free what's Jerome. Up? Jerome dog. I'm having a mojito in Vegas. I'm completely derailing this podcast. You're a fiend uh, for mojitos. I'm out here with a lot of, like, you know, fans and friends, and got Megs, got Leslie, Anthony. Oh, wow. Nitz, oh, my goodness. Kobe, my Ross. goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. So we're, we're all here um, in lovely Las Vegas. I've been here since Saturday, so please get me out. If anyone has, like, a Quinjet or something to that effect that could just help me get me the <laughs> fuck out of here, Yo. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, Yo, but what was, yeah, what's, what's going on? I can't hear anything. Oh, with Jerome, I was just going to say real quick that I, I spent the first part of my intro plugging your appearance on the Athletic NBA show, uh, oh, trying to let the folks know that you were, that if y'all, if y'all wanted to get an audio taste of the Rome dog, that he was around. Oh, what's up, Dalvin texted us to show Nitz's face, so that's what we did there. Um, no, but, thank uh, you. Uh, Yes, thank you for plugging that. Um, I hope those videos never show the light of day. <laughs> I guess it's a new no, um, I, I'm, I won't derail you for too long. Uh, fun episode, you know, Captain Carter's cool, but uh, I'm gonna go finish this 
uh, mojito and wait for this uh, carne asada to show up. But y'all yeah, be good. Do your thing, bro. Pyro. All right, take care, man. All right, so where where were we before that that little uh, multi? He was uh, Dalvin was talking about how um, basically what Sylvie did introduced all these different possibilities. And right, right, right. Would right, she right. have done that if? Yeah, okay. and then I did my dumb joke, and then. Oh yeah, no, no, that was that was actually very good. Good job by you, man. Um, I did okay. So so Steph, in terms of somebody who's looking forward and trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Um, and what you're what you're looking forward to? I know I have a story that's going to be near and dear to my heart that I'm going to talk about in a second. But how about you? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to um, the X Men, uh, the mutants coming yeah. uh, because I almost wonder would they happen to maybe introduce one or two in this series? I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. They've not hinted at this, but mm-hmm. why not? Like, why couldn't you, why couldn't they hint to them? Um, maybe hint to the Fantastic Four too, because like, we all know that these characters are coming. They can't, yes. like they've already kind of wrecked their core Avengers. So they got to bring yeah. in the, you know, the young Avengers and just some other characters to kind of take up the mantle that the Avengers have now kind of left. So I'm just excited because you open up the multiverse, you can literally do anything you want to do. And it's okay. And you don't have to explain shit because the multiverse now exists. So it just is what it is. That's it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I, I completely agree with that 100%. I know there's a story at some point where Vision is, I think, either consumed by Ultron or something along like that. And he's and he's going after the Infinity Gauntlet. That's a story that's a, that, that interests me. The Marvel Zombies thing. Um, that's just... Listen, anybody who's read the book um kind of knows uh it has a little bit of an idea of what that might look like so to just see the how way they... it's okay oh, i was just gonna say the way it's no, written no, no, think of nazi zombies from call of duty and so i'm just imagining like a bunch of superheroes like i'm just i'm this is so it's such a deep cup i'm just imagining you know in take whatever should be wrong like spider-man uh you know buying guns off the walls and having to build up the boards while like a zombie captain marvel walks up anyway Spend too many nights in middle school playing that game. <laughs> uh, real quick, I want to derail the podcast. Um, no, please right here, Marvel Zombies. I have to bring this up. If you have not read Tom Taylor's Deceased, you better go read it. That oh, is, yes, that's right. You, you it's you, not, you, it's the undead. Way. Yeah, they're yeah. undead, they're not zombies. But I mean, I would love, I don't know if this would ever happen, but to see Tom Taylor write something, maybe a what if episode, but I just kind of feel like he would knock that out of the park. But anyway, I just had to bring that up because no, that's a good, that's a good, good um, recommendation. I really enjoyed that one. I when you told me about it, I, I went immediately and read it. And um, like in terms of just the the zombie aspect, before I get to my near and dear story, um, remember they ate Galactus. They that the, like the zombies ate Galactus. They they wild. ate a whole. Like that story was great. So I'm just really fascinated, and I think the 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 hero of that uh series that that episode in this in this particular one is going to be a Spidey Strange. So how a, a zombie hunter Spidey Strange. So however that's done, that is is fascinating. But um before we. Before we close next week, um, obviously Chadwick Boseman is uh, 
is voicing T'Challa uh, once more in a story where instead of Peter Quill being picked up by the Ravagers, uh, T'Challa is picked up. And there's been a lot of talk about this episode being just very, very good and just the just the character itself and Bozeman's work and putting in, you know, the effort in terms of that and what that's going to look like. And um, I mean, I'll be the first to say, like, since he passed, I haven't, I still even haven't brought myself and I wanted to, I haven't brought myself to watch Black Panther again. I haven't. It's just, it's a, it's a little rough just because of what not only he brought to the, to the character, but just, you know, the, just what Black Panther particularly means to me. I don't think I've ever told this story, but, um, you know, one of the, one of the reasons that I got into Marvel was it I've told the story about the book that my mom gave me when I was like five or six years old that had all the Marvel stories but the main one was the Black Panther's intro and the Fantastic Four and I just remember the the idea of this uh, this man and you know Reed Richards is an incredibly smart dude but T'Challa just outsmarting all of them and putting them in you know taking advantage of their weaknesses and all of that other stuff so that Black Panther was always going to hit home with me and T'Challa is always going to hit home with me so uh, I'm looking forward to next week in one way but there's a part of me that is going to be sad in another uh seeing seeing uh this story take place but um I'm hoping that I can enjoy it and I hope that everybody else does enjoy it so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, Steph, I, I know, like, obviously, we've, we've talked about uh, Chadwick Boseman's passing in the past on this show. Um, do you have anything that you want to say going into this uh, next episode? I will have the tissue ready. Because um, yeah. I just know that, I don't know, like, he just did such an amazing job of leaving uh, pieces of himself and the characters that he played um, and that's the, the reason why we probably connected to them the way that he did, that, that we did. So, um, just trying to get ready for that. I mean, <laughs> T'Challa is Star-Lord. That it's in such itself, an interesting concept. <laughs> it really honestly is. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but it's extremely bittersweet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dalbin, how about you? Yeah, so I also haven't watched Black Panther, um, you know, so I used to act, right? So I went to a theater school, a theater high school, all that jazz. And Look at you. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, and so, but the reason I wanted to do it was because of Denzel Washington, right? Like Denzel Washington was, you know, my idol, uh, who I wanted to be. And then very few actors, like there's, I call it the Denzel line. Very few actors make me feel what Denzel made me feel. Chadwick was one of those guys. Right. And that was in every role, but particularly in Civil War, right, when Marvel fully embraced what it would mean for this black man to be the king and the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Right. Yeah. Like because he was beating Bucky's ass in Cole Han shoes and some Dickies <laughs> up and down that damn embassy. Right. Um, you know, and when he tells when he tells Black Widow, don't bother Ms. Romanoff, I'll kill him myself. Like that's still a line that resonates with me. Very similar to, you know, Denzel's training day lines. Right. They still resonate with me. Um, the yeah. fact that the child that Chadwick did also, he he plays Black Panther in four different episodes of What If in, in, right. in this in this season. So like for and it's four very different Black Panthers, four very different right. T'Challa's. 
that I think to me speaks to the level of talent that this man had, man. And it's just, I feel for his family, but I also feel for us. I feel like we got robbed. Right. Um, but I'm also yeah. grateful for what he gave us. I'm grateful for what he gave us. So I will, I too will have the tissues and it's, it's probably gonna take me a little bit to process it because black Panther, the character means that same, same with you, AC. It means a lot to me. It was the first time that I saw a, bl a black male portrayed as royalty in these comics, right? Like not mm -hmm. just, not just a mutant, not just, you know, this or that, not riffraff or whatever. It was, he was royalty. Right. And that, I think that's dope. And he, he embodied that. 100%. Uh, Jake, do you have any closing thoughts? I think that the thing about Chadwick is it is incredible for how much he was mourned and how deservedly so, how few movies he acted in. More than anything, like I'm going to very miss the fact that he's not playing Black Panther anymore, but he got like started in major movies so late that like there really are only so many movies that he had a big role in. And I think that that's kind of the tragedy of it. Obviously, the tragedy is the, the death itself, but it's like with a lot of other actors, you know, when they die, if they were to die at 41, it's like you can go back to like 20 movies they were in. Whereas, you know, Chadwick, it's really just like six or seven where he really has a major part in it. Um, and so I think that the saddest thing is that we've kind of known since he passed that he was going to be in what if, and now that this is finally coming, like there's nothing else. This is going to be the last we have of him. Um, and that is like really, you know, it's, it's, we always can hope like we're going to get, it's like, oh, we're having one more performance of his. Um, and so I'm excited to hear it. Uh, and I'm excited to see the episode because I think it's a really fun idea. It's definitely like, whereas this uh, first episode was like a one step difference. This feels like a bunch of different steps. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really bittersweet and it's like at the end of an era. And I, I really um, I know that they'll hand, handle it well, because I think that he was beloved by the folks at Marvel. Um, but it just it's yeah, I, I think that when they have whatever message at the end of it, you know, dedicating him, I think that I'll also need the tissues nearby, too. Yeah, for sure. And I and I, I and I just keep thinking now that we know that a good portion of these characters were going to appear in Doctor Strange. I'm assuming that they had big plans for T'Challa too. So, so all of that being said, um, what if the first episode was was very good? Really enjoyed it and enjoyed discussing with with all of you. And we'll definitely be back at it next week. So before we go, we'll do the usual outros. Uh, Stephanie Williams, where can we follow you? Where can we get your work? And where can we watch your show on YouTube? <laughs> oh wait yeah um so you can follow me everywhere even on tiktok because i'm on there now at steph underscore i underscore will um follow me quick before they ban me because i think i got one more or two more strikes uh left to go right <laughs> uh you can check out my work and keep up at whystuff.com and now you can watch uh my show the superhero club uh for amazon prime video on Amazon Prime Video on YouTube. Hit subscribe and the first uh, episode is out. It's about the boys and what we can look forward to for season three. And I believe the next episode is all about Invincible. Ah, ah very good. Looking forward to that. And of course, always great to have Steph on the pod with us. Uh, Dalbeen, uh, where can we follow you, my friend? Yes, sir. Thank you guys again, obviously, for rocking out. I'm glad I, I have so many cool people to nerd out with as an adult. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at DA underscore Osario. Um, I got some stuff coming from Murphy's Multiverse. AC and I got some cool stuff coming too. 
Um, and it's almost football season. So follow, So if you're following me, get ready to hear, see a lot of tweets of me cursing out the Jets if we start losing. Uh, so get yeah. ready for that. I'm um, worried about Zach cool. Wilson, man. I'm worried. I'm worried about him. Man. <laughs> Stick I'm with worried. me, Jake. I'm the optimistic one. Stick with me. See, that's yeah. the thing. I, 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 I'm optimistic in my real life all the time. When it comes to quarterback play, I'm just yeah. like – I'm always the first person to write someone off. And the problem with being a Jets fan is that usually means I'm right. Cause they, the quarterback sucked. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Listen, I just much. need him to hit. Cause I play DFS. So I'm pretty sure he'll be very cheap. I just yeah, need him nice. to hit. And that's all I care about. He could honestly. That, uh, that's the, that's the right way to do it. Honestly. Yeah. Just, yeah. Saddling yourself as a job as a Jets fan really has done nothing good for me in my life. It's, um, <laughs> Just so truly un- unhealthy behavior. Like it's a like doctor a would be fan. like, what? A Bears fan? Me? It's that oh, Bears person life. No. You got no. Justin Fields though, Steph. You got Justin yeah. Fields. The future is yeah, bright. You finally got Trubisky yeah. out of there, so you good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I okay. Real quick, I've yes. never wanted to go through my TV and strangle anybody, but when that happened. I wanted to strangle strangle the GM because are you kidding me? Jeff fucking they traded okay. up. They I'm getting very angry. I know. Anyway. I, <laughs> let me because my blood pressure is getting high. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, yeah. I uh, love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You you can follow me at the J Christie. Listen to my other podcast, No Funk and Strictly Monkey with Andre Brer. We talk about the OC Network Original Series Monk. We're almost at season eight, which is the final season. Uh, it's actually exciting. Andre's actually flying to New York this weekend, so we're gonna meet up for the first time in like three years. That's not important, but it's fun. Um, and also, yeah, as I mentioned on the Discord, I think that we, I just need to mention it, you know, because this is this is a more serious pod than our Patreon pods, but there definitely is um, the, the amount of, I looked it up, the amount of thirst tweets about Captain Carter is too much for an animated character. Just too many. Just, just, I tweeted it out. <laughs> just, ser- I searched the words Captain Carter and then the words in quotes, step on me. A lot of tweets. A lot of them. Wait, and so, real quick. There's a Discord? Yes. Yeah, for patrons. It, yeah, so if you want to hear all that, then uh, yeah, it's because we had a great. Con- I mean, it was really. I went into the What If channel to make a joke about it, and I'm very pleased to say that that was the first comment. Was I think Michael Sprinkler said, "Congratulations, congratulations, lesbians and straight guys. The MCU finally has its first mommy." <laughs> Shout out to Springboard. Anyway, I had to I I had to mention it at some point because it definitely was up. It was too big of a topic on the Discord to just leave out of the episode. (laughs) Most most definitely. Um, and of course you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Uh Murphy's multiverse. So um I will be doing some Shang-Chi related coverage uh in the weeks to come. Uh, that should be very interesting. Um, more about that you'll probably see on obviously my feed and and other places as uh, more of that gets cleared up. But I'll basically yeah just say that I I got some stuff uh, coming up there. So stay tuned for that. Uh, obviously follow the show at MC University Pod on Twitter. Uh, thank you for the support that everybody's given to the Patreon at MC University Pod on, on Patreon.com. The Discord has been great. Shout out to everybody who's in there. We have yeah. fun conversations and yeah. and uh, they branch out in all different types of directions. So so far, um, I've you know we've been really pleased with the discourse that we've gotten back from people, as far as that's concerned. And mm-hmm. yeah, what if we will continue this journey next week? So for Stephanie Williams, Dalbino Sorio. Jay Christie, I am Anthony Canton the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we'll talk to you next time.